everybody, and welcome back to episode 61 of Pigskins and Nylon, presented by Tabby's.com, best all hit edible on the market. Well, that was disappointing. The Big Ten dips out of the tournament without even a single team reaching the Elite Eight. So now instead of previewing a Final Four game, and maybe even a championship, we're on to football, boys. How are you guys doing tonight? Yeah, we suck. <laughs> you know, if we had done this podcast, what day was that? Friday night or, or Saturday the next day, we would have had to have gotten the bleep button ready for me. Because I was I was on one. I was very upset. Purdue possibly cost me a lot of money. I was still in our survival or survivor league there, and I picked Purdue and they lost, obviously. So I was pretty upset, and I just went on a rant about the whole Big Ten and how we're all choke artists and can't ever win anything big. But my blood is boiling already, so I'll calm down. Um, no, I, I'm doing great though. Looking forward to uh, spring break next week. Just got to grind through this next Friday or this Friday tomorrow. Uh, so it should be a pretty easy day. Then I'm going to go back and see some fam. Probably bother Hayden a little bit. And uh, yeah, just enjoy the basketball games. We do have a pretty fun slate of basketball this weekend. I will give us that. So I'll still watch the games for sure. Before we get to Hayden, Casey, do you have an idea? I know it's easy to do now because the games are over. But do you have any idea what you would have done in your Survivor League following Friday on Saturday? Do you have any idea? Were you thinking far ahead? Oh, yeah. I was thinking far ahead. Um, So I believe that I would have went with Kansas. They played Saturday, right? Or was that Sunday? I think I would have went Kansas and then... Yeah, Kansas played on Sunday. Did they? Yeah, because I was sick as shit. So who I'm I'm gonna have to refresh who played on Saturday then. You were that far ahead. You it were was, already on Sunday. It was Houston. Houston and Villanova played the first game, which was like fifty to fifty. <laughs> like it didn't even, I don't even know if they hit a hundred total points. It's been all tournament. Nope. It's been a brutal tournament you're, for scoring. You're right. So I would have went Duke, and then UNC, and then still only had Kansas left in the final four. So even if you weren't going to win, you might have had to play it in the top three at least. So that does suck. Next year, we're going to get them, though. But Hayden, we'll go over to you now. How are you holding up? No dad life still got you busy, but have you been able to watch some March Madness? Yeah, yeah. We actually uh, went over to Casey's mom's house. <laughs> that, that sounds funny to say. Uh, Casey's mom's house to watch the games on Saturday, and we took her. So we got to watch the Slugfest 50-50 uh, Houston Villanova game and then went home. I got to watch the late game that night. So yeah, I've been watching. I've been tuned in. I, I wasn't as fired up as Casey was about Purdue. And I, and I actually want to challenge him. He said the Purdue loss was the worst loss in NCAA tournament history for a Big Ten team. And I, I want to challenge that today because I, I do not agree with, with his uh, assessment with that. But, you know, Who's your pick then? If you could go just off to your yeah. top of your head, what would you say? Yeah. Okay. So I guess my my big thing on on why it wasn't Purdue is because not because St. Peter's is you know good, they got hot, but they did that to two other teams before Purdue. Michigan State lost to a 15 seed, and Ohio State lost to a 15 seed that opening round, and I think that Michigan or Michigan State lost to Middle Tennessee State, and I don't think they won that next game. 
So I, I would say that would probably be a worse loss just because St. Peter's won and beat a couple, you know, decent opponents before they beat Purdue, which, you know, I, I know it's disappointing for Purdue, but I don't want to get, get caught in the moment with that. Casey, I saw your hand up. Let's instead of going into recruiting corner first, let's just tackle these basketball games to get the sour taste of our mouth of basketball out of our hands. All right, but Casey, what did you want to say to that? Yeah, no, I just think that you have to kind of put it into perspective here. And this is a Purdue team. And I know you mentioned Ohio State last year, but I don't think we had an expectation, even as a two-seed of Ohio State competing for a national championship last year. And, you know, a first-round exit is one thing, but a Sweet 16 where you have uh, your 12-and-a-half-point favorite, you're facing a 15-seed, yeah, they're hot, but they, you have four days off of rest. And you lose the way they did uh, was just absolutely embarrassing for the Big Ten, in my opinion. And, you know, outside of that, I don't really have any other argument. But I just think giving where, one, the expectations were for Purdue, heading into the season, heading into the tournament, we thought they had the easiest looking path as a three seed. And then that, especially after St. Peter's had beating Kentucky, you know, I definitely thought that. And so for them to lose out on a what I thought was an outstanding opportunity, especially with who they were going to have to play ahead, I know a hot UCLA or hot UNC team, but seed-wise, it all just looked really, really good for Purdue. And, you know, to lose to the 15th seed is very disappointing. Wally, I feel like we're going to just say that a lot this episode as well. I know you and I were – we're saying that a lot about the Big Ten teams. Disappointed, disappointed, disappointed. But Word of the day. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know how else to describe it. I, I mean, on top of your point, though, and I want to preface this. I think Matt Painter is a terrific coach. But at what point does Purdue fans have almost similar feelings to Buckeye fans? Where is the Sweet 16 the goal every year? Because they are getting there consistently. And it's turned into a regrettable running gag that Purdue loses in the Sweet 16. And this year, you said it perfectly. It set up perfectly for them. There were, what, it was going to be a four, I know they're hot, but a four UCLA and eight UNC. And all you had to do is you had to beat a 15 seed who's never gone to the Elite Eight. And you have four days to prepare for it. You have size. You have everything that should get that win. It was, to me, it not to say the Ohio State-Wichita State was as bad of an upset, but it was the same way I was almost looking ahead where I thought Purdue, I'm like, all right, well, it's either UC or UNC or UCLA, and I didn't even give the Peacocks a fighting chance. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Wally. Um, Purdue, I don't know if there's ever been, has there ever been that big of a a line in a Sweet 16 game before? Because wasn't that 13 or something like that? You'd imagine maybe like the Florida Gulf Coast team or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it had to have been pretty high, I guess. Yeah, those had to have been pretty high too. But, man, ah, you know, I'm looking at this this box score, just incredible how, how bad Purdue played, shooting the ball and then turnovers. It was just bad performance all around. Disappointing might have been our word of choice last week. I would almost take it a step farther this week to use the word embarrassing. It, this was a national embarrassment for the conference. And and to your point on Matt Painter, didn't he get an extension? Did he just get an extension? That's all like a three year extension. If he did, or, I didn't see it yet. Or am I tripping on something? All right. 
Um, I, I will do some research. And Thank you. It probably happened, and this is great for me. But, you know, Hayden, before we get Casey's take on the Michigan games while he's looking that up, let's go over to that one first. Because Villanova, first of all, they're one of the easiest teams to ever study because they only use six guys. And regrettably for Michigan, we don't ever root from injuries, of course, but Justin Moore ruptured his Achilles late in that game in the Elite Eight. And now Villanova going into the Kansas Final Four game, it's lost a little bit of its oomph. If that almost happened earlier, you almost wonder what Michigan could have done because Golevsky didn't play well. Moore really didn't play well in that game either. But then what, Jermaine Samuels is the guy. That was not, I, at least for me, what we expected to see. And I, I, you got to give Casey credit. Caleb Houston, he's been dogging them all year, did not look good in that game. Quick update here. Uh, Matt Painter did not get an extension in the past week, like I thought. So, I'm an idiot. No, no, no. We're all three idiots here. This is a joint effort. Somebody did, though. I, I can't forget, I can't remember who, but somebody got an extension. I'll look that up while Hayden. W- what are your thoughts on that Villanova-Michigan game? Well, I, I don't know. I, I thought Michigan played really hard. <laughs> the, I, but, and honestly, like... Villanova was the better team, I think we all agree. And I actually, and I will, you're actually looking at me like that? I don't think it was as clear as what you're making it out to be. No, well, no, I'm, I'm not talking, I'm talking in general, like the whole season they've been a better team. And I, I think we all kind of maybe had the, I at least did, that, that Villanova was going to win that game. But my point was, I did not respect Villanova enough. I don't think. And after watching them through this tournament, I think they are really, really good. And it's a shame that that guy got hurt for them because I thought that Kansas Villanova game could have been really, really good. But, you know, like you said, without him, that it's going to be a tough, a tough haul for Villanova to get that done. I respect Villanova because both Michigan and Ohio State made some runs at them and they always had some answers. And, I, and, and that just seems like it's the typical uh, Jay Wright kind of team where they, they, you know, they'll withstand your punch and they always have that answer. They seem cool, calm, and collected, even though at the end of that, that, that Michigan game, they, they did have some turnovers that it kept Michigan alive for maybe a, a little bit longer. But I don't know. I, I, I think it kind of went uh, as I expected it would go. It's funny going into that, that we saw everybody was talking about Kelvin Sampson going into the Elite Eight matchup, that is. And nobody has seemed to give Jay Wright any mention at all, as if he's not one of the best coaches in the entire country. He's just consistently turning out these Villanova teams right now that overachieve. And this is simply that. This is an overachieving team. In 2022, we are not used to seeing teams with six guys, and really only six guys, go this far yeah, I mean, they struggle with inbounds. My buddy, I told you guys about Villanova guy, Jack. He's been talking about this inbounding struggles. I mean, I know we're getting a little away from Big Ten, but it's building up for an awesome Final Four. You get Coach K, UNC, versus very likely Kansas, and it might be a, a Roy Williams grudge match if it ends up going that way. Uh, Wally, it's it's really funny to me. A lot of people... I don't know if you remember, this is a long time ago. I was like, well, it's not that long ago, but I was 12 or 13. But Jay Wright was actually on the hot seat. I don't know if you remember that. And, it, early, you know, early in his career, he he wasn't great, but then he, he really picked it up. But 2010, 2011, 
2012, um, they weren't very good. And this was like, you know, 10 years plus into his time at Villanova. And there was talk that, that he was going to get let go. And thank God for them he didn't, because ever since then, they've won the conference every year except for once, which is, you know, obviously outstanding, plus two national titles. In 2011 and 2012, Jay Wright uh, and Villanova went 13-19. and 19, And that was the year people thought he was, you know, done. Uh, luckily for them, they, they didn't pull the trigger on that one, huh? No kidding. No kidding. It's, we see it in football, too, sometimes, where Dabo Sweeney even we were wondering whether or not Clemson was going to give him the runway that he obviously earned and deserved later on. Just goes to show that sometimes we're a little quick on the trigger as fans. Casey, though, I have to get your reaction to the Michigan game. I know that we weren't exactly thinking that this Michigan team, the way they played this year, was going to go much farther, but it felt like Elite Eight was very possible. What were your thoughts on this game? So Going into the game, um, you know, I picked Villanova. I thought Villanova would win. But as the game started to play out, I felt like Michigan, from a game plan perspective, was just, you know, had the correct game plan from an X's and O's standpoint. Um, But the execution was the issue. You know, they were taking advantage of their size and working the ball inside like they should. But, I mean, if you watch that game over, there are probably five to seven times where Michigan got deep in the post, got really good position, and missed a, you know, somewhat easy or lightly contested shot. But credit to Villanova because it was different. They were they were pushing the bigs around. They were undersized uh, by a lot, but they were causing the Michigan big men to put too much or, or disrupting the shot when they would get the ball down low. Um, and so that, that was key. That was really key. And then both teams really played a relatively clean game turnover-wise. I think it was like 8-7. to seven. Michigan lost the turnover battle by one. But, you know, another difference was free throw shooting. Michigan was 50% from the line. They were 7-14. They haven't been the best free throw shooting team all year long by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, shooting 50% from the line in the biggest game of the season was uh, a little embarrassing. But... Overall, good for Michigan to make it to the Sweet 16 and make a game out of it. This team, I, I've been ready to move on from this team for a while now. And, you know, I guess it was, uh, I don't know if exciting is the right word, but gosh, I'm, I'm blanking on a term. So I'll just use exciting. It was an exciting little run that they that they had in the tournament. And, you know, I I think that if you would have told me heading into the year that this Michigan team would have had 15 losses. I would have thought you were crazy, but it happened and I'm finally ready to move on. Villanova, last thing I'll say on them, they're looking like they're going to set the free throw record unless they have a catastrophic meltdown against Kansas. And that was just kind of further exacerbated by Michigan shooting so poorly at the stripe. There's not much else really to say about these big 10 games. We've said disappointing, embarrassing, any kind of synonym you can find, and it only gets worse. There, Of course, it only gets worse. NBA declarations, Iowa, Keegan Murray, he's going pro. OSU, EJ Liddell and Malachi Branham announces that they're going to the NBA draft. In Purdue today, Jaden Ivey announces he is too. It's just been a rough 
couple weeks, and it's it doesn't feel like it's going to get too much better. Yeah, I actually saw that uh, Johnny Davis declared for the draft too. As I oh great, on. yep, and uh, hired an agent as well. So yeah, you know the the Big Ten. We thought you know we're, we're so good. We had so much talent, and we did just did nothing at all with it in the tournament, which is very disappointing. Again. Update earlier, too, I forgot to say, the guy you were thinking about that got an extension was Frank Underwood. I didn't see the actual details yet, but it's kind of... Brad? Brad? Did I say... Oh, Frank. See, sorry, I'm a big House of Cards fan, and that kind of caught up on me there. But anyways, Brad Underwood... He, Brad Underwood got an extension, but there, at least from what I have looked at, there's not the details out yet, but it's weird because I'm like, he deserves it. This is good for Illinois, but it's talking out of both sides of your mouth. It's the same problems that Purdue has had not being able to progress in a tournament. That's exactly what I was going to say, Wally. They're they're right in the same boat, in my opinion. These are two of the better Big Ten teams that we've seen the past few years, and they've done absolutely nothing in the tournament. So, you know, crazy that he got an extension, and I, I don't know. I guess we don't really know what the expectations are for Illinois, but this team, this that Illinois team of the past two or three years have been good enough to make it deep in the tournament, in my opinion. Wally, are, are you breaking news about Malachi Branham? I think Casey was. He put it on the rundown earlier. Because uh, I, I put that on there because I knew Hayden would freak out. Yeah. I, he no, no I, I just hadn't seen that. Yeah, Casey pulled a fast one on me. I was just like, oh, cool, yeah. that makes sense with he, everything else going to shit. He 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 was he was going for the early April Fools joke. He he almost got me, but I was like, I saw that earlier, and I was like looking, and I was like, I didn't see him post anything. I mean, it, it's still possible, I guess, but I didn't see it. Hook, line, and sinker. I again, everything's going so poorly. It just seemed natural that he would be gone too. Speaking of guys leaving, though, that's Casey was probably watching me because I think my face was like. What the fuck? What is he talking you, about? You went straight to your phone, and I was about to interrupt. But I was, just <laughs> I was like looking because I was like, I did not see that at all. Shame on me for trusting people. But <laughs> what I will, I got to go back to you, Hayden, for a second, because you've been very, a big fan of Andre Carbello all year, last two years, really. And he's in the transfer portal now, too. We saw with Kofi last year. It doesn't mean he's a foregone conclusion that he's gone from Illinois, but this is just now, it's a weird time to see Brad Underwood get this extension where last year you had the very disappointing loss to Loyola. This year you score 43 points in a second round game. I know Houston's good, but that's completely inexcusable. They looked lost on offense. What are your thoughts on Andre Carbello bailing, I guess? Wow, I I think bailing is is kind of harsh a little bit. I think my opinion of him is that he is a take at at 90% of schools. I mean, unless you're talking Duke or, or uh, Kansas or, you know, one of these elite, elite teams, he is going to be a take no matter where he is going. Let's not forget that he was, you know, bothered by an injury for most of the early part of this year. I mean, he, he, it took him a long time to come back and I, I don't know if that's, if that's, you know, cause for maybe some, you know, not, not meeting the expectations that some fans had of his, but this dude could start at a lot of places. And, and you know, with the transfer portal, the way it is, if, if he's going to get a look 
at a at a high level place to go start. Good for him. I I, I think I would rather do that than come off the bench at Illinois as well. Completely misused. I don't think he scored a point in that Houston game, if I'm remembering correctly. Even if he did, it was to be fair, not a lot of points were scored. Again, yeah, 43 points. That's inexcusable. It's just it goes into again, we what we've all been saying. We are so high on this team every single year. Every year until March. In the second week, the brackets come out. We do the same song and dance. We talk ourselves into believing. And it's just unbelievable. It's truly unbelievable what we've been able to achieve as a conference in a negative light. It, it's and I again I have no idea what you even do to stop it. I have no idea. The talent's there, it's just not doing it in March. Well, you have to look at this as well, and, and particularly that Illinois game. I think it's kind of inexcusable that he, that Curbelo only played 10 minutes in that game. That seems very low. And, and maybe I'm just too high on the guy. I think he is, is really good, and I think he shows flashes at times. But I, you have to let that guy that guy play more than 10 minutes. I, I, don't, I don't care who it takes minutes away from. Um, I know they they played that DeMonte Williams, who was a senior a lot. I'm not impressed with him. He averaged three points a game, and I know they're not the exact same position, but these guards I feel like are so flexible that you, you can kind of throw them out there um, and let them do their thing. So, you know, 10 minutes, you, you got to really question that decision from Underwood there. Everything that you guys have said, I you know, I somewhat agree with, but I, I think, Hayden, when you said that Curbelo – showed flashes. I think that was it, man. Like, he flashed a lot his freshman year. And then outside of that, you know, I think he was kind of disappointing, to be honest with you. He was a really high recruit coming into Illinois. And, you know, maybe expectations were a little unrealistic, but he didn't play very well this year. I get it. He he had a nagging injury, but his field goal percentage dropped by 17% from his freshman year to his sophomore year. So... You know, something to consider. He is a four-star 90-rated uh, player in the transfer portal now, so just barely over a four-star rating. Another significant, well, I guess kind of in the same light a little bit, uh, transfer from a Big Ten school is Joe Toussaint from Iowa is now in the transfer portal. He's an 88 transfer-rated uh, player, so... Not re- I, you know, he was never a starter, but he played a lot of games for Illinois and played a lot of minutes off the bench. So something else to keep an eye on. And then finally, I know this isn't on the on the rundown or anything, but a guy to keep your eye on in the transfer portal is Efton Reed. Hayden, I know you know who that is. He was a five-star center recruit last year, went to LSU. He entered the transfer portal today. And there were several Big Ten teams like Michigan and Ohio State, I know for sure, were in on him. And he, he kind of had a weird ending to his recruitment and ended up choosing LSU just like kind of out of nowhere, basically. But he is now in the portal. So I don't know if any of the Big Ten schools are interested in him, but something to keep an eye on as we move forward. Does anybody have any other thoughts on basketball before maybe on a rare note, we might wrap up with recruiting corner? I don't think so. All right, well then let's go to the recruiting corner real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I do. I do. I do. Yeah, have sure. Go for it. That I just want to spitball out here a little bit. This has been kind of a topic among some Twitter users and some message board people. 
What are your thoughts on the Big Ten tournament and the structure and the dates that it is played? Do you think that has any impact on the way that these teams perform in the NCAA tournament? Do you, do you think that... You are know, you in dead, dead legs, basically? Yeah. It should, should, it, should it start maybe a day earlier so you get that extra day of rest? Or, you know, any thoughts just on maybe improvements or something that, that the Big Ten to just to make an adjustment to to try to make March a little more successful going forward. I would say that you could make the argument just because of what we've talked about right after the seeding. If you are a Big Ten champion and they've already disregarded what Sunday means, then yeah, I guess you can make a case that what's it matter then if you're playing on Sunday, if you're pushing it out that far, you could then, I guess, go to Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I don't know. Casey, what are your thoughts? Sorry, I am just trying to look up when other teams' conference champions or championships were. Like um, the ACC's on Saturday. Yeah. So, I mean, so you get like one extra day. I don't know. Yeah, barely an extra day. Isn't Villanova's, isn't the Big East on that Sunday too? That's what I was looking up. Well, yeah, but they haven't really played well in the tournament in the last seven years, so we can't talk about Villanova. Well, yeah, okay. Well, it's like, you know, I don't know. Wally, you bring up a good point. If it affects seeding, you know, if it truly affects the seeding in the NCAA tournament, then, yeah, maybe we should take a look at it. But as far as the play goes, I don't I don't think there's any excuse for the Big Ten and how they've been performing in the tournament from, you know, a tired legs excuse or whatever because we just, I mean, Gonzaga just lost in the Sweet 16 as well, and they had – one of the biggest rest periods of the of any tournament. So, you know, I don't know. That's a good point. It's a I'd have to do more research on it uh, to really give you a uh, educated response. But I I don't know. I don't think that it's an, a valid excuse in my opinion. All right, Casey. Let's start over to recruiting corner. Let's get into football because we just love to have sports disappoint us. Let's move on to the next one. <laughs> yeah, and that was uh, going to be part of my rant, too. I, I had it all thought out on Friday night and Saturday, but I decided to not go on that rant. Um, anyway, yeah, the you know it's been a few weeks since we've had a recruiting update, so we have a little bit more to report on than what we typically do when we go week to week, but still not very much. Um To start, Michigan landed a three-star defensive lineman, Brooks Barr, from the state of Illinois. Pretty solid um, built. Has has a good frame. Not really solid built yet, but um, good frame. Illinois picks up a big-time. Oh, this this was a big-time recruit. A big-time in-state recruit by getting a commitment from solid four-star athlete, Caden Fegan. Really solid built kid. 6'3", 221. It'll be really interesting to see where Bielema... where, like where he sees him playing for the fighting Illini. Rutgers lands a three-star running back, Christopher Johnson, from the state of Florida. So the Rutgers brand is expanding down south. They also land a three-star wide receiver. Ooh, this one's going to be tough. Uh, Yazid Haynes from Pennsylvania. That wasn't too bad. Indiana lands a three-star in-state tight end, Sam West. And Illinois picks up another commit from the state of Illinois. They are really trying to protect that border, even though Brooks Barr is from the state of Michigan, or state of Illinois and committed to Michigan. Three-star linebacker Antoine Hayden 
shout out Hayden Ramsey, committed to the Illini a few a few days ago. So no new basketball recruits. Again, keep an eye on the transfer portal for basketball. That'll be, uh, I'm sure, pretty hot here the next few weeks as the season concludes. But no, no other high school commits of significance for uh, basketball. So that'll wrap up Casey's recruiting quarter for the week. Ohio State fans, don't feel left out because you're about to get a commit next week. So it'll be all right. You'll survive. This is kind of random, but this whole episode, it's just been depressing. It spurred my brain when we were talking about football again. You, you almost wonder if Purdue fans, and you know the answer, if they could just sacrifice ruining the days of Penn State, Iowa's, Ohio State's in the fall every year, Maybe they can win a game or two extra in March Madness. Like, I'm willing to concede that for everybody. I think we're all willing to do it. Because Purdue, so frustrating. Ruins everybody's day in football and then ruins everybody's day in basketball because they can't get a damn win. <laughs> Very solid point there, Wally. I love it. I'm just That's frustrated. A raging. Yeah, yeah, let's hear it. There's nothing really to say. It's just we're it's we're a joke. We are literally a laughing stock right now, and we keep going up to bat for the conference like something's going to change. And I'm just so tired of myself. No, we, uh, oh man, you're exactly right. Every single year we go to bat for this Big Ten conference in basketball and football. It's the deepest conference. It's the uh, you know, nobody else wants to play in the conference because it's the toughest, whatever, whatever. And then we just have absolutely nothing to show for it. It's embarrassing. It, yeah. I, I really don't have anything else to say. Otherwise, we can be ranting here for another 25 yeah, minutes. I mean, just we'll learn one day, right? It won't be next year. We're all going to be high on the Ohio State football train. And they're going to let us down the playoff again. I mean, not the, you know, it's just typical. It's just, oh, man. Unbelievable. You said it too. We always talk about deep in this. We make excuses. This conference kills each other all year. At some point, someone's got to change it. And if they don't, we're just going to be stuck in this circle. That's that stupid expression. It's what uh, insanity is trying to do the same thing. Or what, you know, guys know what I'm talking about? That's what we are. We're insane. (sighs) Anyways, does anybody have any other thoughts before we wrap up? No, I, I do not, but I am so happy that you and I are experiencing the same frustration right now with the Big Ten Conference as a whole. And on top of that, the freaking women had how many teams in the Sweet 16 and got zero Final Four teams again, too? My goodness. How did Michigan hockey do this week? Did they lose two? Who cares? Who gives a shit? Yeah, you're right. I'm just yeah, I'm just tired. I'm tired. I even watched the Ohio State women's team too. I was all fired up. I'm like, finally someone's gonna make me happy. They cut it the one they had last shot against Texas and fell off the face of the earth. Oh, women's basketball. Okay. I thought you were talking about the hockey team. No, God, no. They're dead too. They're dead too. <laughs> oh, what? Two weeks after winning the national championship, they're dead already. Dead. Oh, the women's team, good for them. The the guys in the Big Ten, I'm sure that they embarrassed us one way or another. And one of the 19 Minnesota teams out of the field of 16 won. St. Cloud State. Minnesota Duluth. Like, how do you lose to these teams? Come on now. They sound make-believe. Ferris State. I mean, there's so many just ridiculous Minnesota hockey teams. But anyways, that is going to bring us to the end of another episode of Pigskins and Nylon, brought to you by Tabbies.com, the world's best Delta edible. There's not much Big Ten sports 
love on the horizon, nothing really to look forward to. So for once, we're not even going to talk about that. This is an ACC podcast for the next two minutes. Who are we picking, Coach K or the Heels? You know what? I think this whole tournament has been rigged for Coach K to win it all. And I hope he doesn't. So I'm rooting for North Carolina, and I'm picking North Carolina to ruin the party again for Coach K like they did on the uh, regular season finale in Cameron Indoor Stadium. So go Tar Heels. As, as Casey knows, North Carolina is my second favorite team in basketball. So go Tar Heels. But they're not going to beat Duke, though. It's rigged. If by some miracle UNC wins this game, the way Coach K is, he's an egomaniac, for better or worse. Could you see him coming back? Because then they would have lost their last home game against UNC. They would have no. lost in a championship to Virginia Tech. And now they no. lose in a Final Four? I do. I could see him doing it. I could definitely see him doing it. I also want to want to say second favorite is a very loose term. When I mean second favorite, I really don't give a shit. I don't really watch North Carolina basketball. I just I root for them when they play Duke is basically what I'm saying when I say that. Yeah, it's one of those rivalries that you've got to pick one, right? Duke and North Carolina basketball, you have to pick one. But Wally, my only issue with that is that if Coach K is trying to go out on top, like if that's his goal, then he might be coaching for a long, long more time. It's so hard. It's so hard. He's had such good teams. And granted, I'm going to say he only has five national titles, but for as good of teams that he has had, he only has He's going to say games. Coach K underachieved. I mean... I mean, but he did that. <laughs> that he's had I mean I don't you could make an argument for it but my my anyway make Nick Saban out here underachieving only winning five or six titles a decade (sighs) okay if you look at the talent that Saban brings in he should win it every year I you guys are you guys are being ridiculous right now um anyway I don't think you can a final four run is is you know, good thing to hang your hat on. If they had lost maybe in the round of 32 or even the Sweet 16, which that was a close-ass game too against Texas Tech. That was really fun to watch. Then maybe I could see the itch to get back. I don't if you if you lose in the Final Four, even if it's to North Carolina because, you know, that's, that's a great tournament run. So I, I don't see it happening. My last thing I'll say on that game, and I'll be done, is this is one of the very rare times I feel like we see in sports that the entire season – is going to be dictated on one game. Where I know we typically are like, oh, well, they at least made a Final Four. That's good. This is truly storybook or nightmare. And there's no in the middle. Well said. Perfectly said. I mean, would that be... Uh, North Carolina wouldn't sweep, right? They lost the first game. They lost... They got killed they, at home, I think. Did they? Yeah. So, I mean, that that could be terrible. I guess, getting swept, but yeah, I it's going to hurt for sure. If they lose to North Carolina, there's going to be a little second-guessing, but I think when you let it go and, and you really look at the season as a whole, I don't think, you know, ring chasing right now is where Coach K is at. That's fair enough. Do either of you guys have any final thoughts? Yeah, I've got one final thought because, uh, you know, my nephew Wyatt has a birthday party this Sunday, I believe. It's his birthday today, so happy birthday, Wyatt. 
I know he's a uh, a listener, but I have no idea what to get a one year old child or, or kid. Uh, so if anybody has any suggestions, shoot me a text or something because I have no idea what to get a one year old for his birthday party. He really loves empty water bottles, so his mom doesn't, but he does. So if you want to piss her off and get, make him happy, that would be fun. Just a box full of them. That would be great. Well, my empty water bottles are are used for something else, so I, I don't really have any empties. That's disgusting. People are either thinking that you're a piss dog right now or you dip, so we're going to have to definitely say that's for dip. Aiden, any final thoughts from you? Yeah, I, I want to give out a shout-out to a loyal P&N pod listener. Uh, Clay Baker uh, resigned from Arcadia Hoops the other day, so Arcadia Hoops basketball is open. Clay, Clay, I forget how long he was there, six or seven years as the head coach, I think. So shout-out to him for, for doing that for a good portion of his, of his time at Arcadia. Who's next in line? Coach Hayden Ramsey? Head coach? I highly doubt that. No, I expect you to be head coach both football and basketball within the next three years. There's no in the middle. Say goodbye to my wife. Damn. Uh, I guess that's tough. (laughs) Anyways, my final thoughts only that I'm wishing Malcolm Jenkins a happy retirement. What he did in the NFL was really special. And, I, I mean, I saw a stat yesterday. He only missed one game. Since 2013, and with how fast and as physical as the game is, from the safety position especially, that's a real testament to not only his toughness, but how hard he works. So, really excited for his retirement. You said who? Who? I I can't stand you. We have been a mess this episode. (laughs) But thanks again, guys, for listening. We'll see you back here in a couple weeks for episode 62 of Pigskins and Nylon. What's happening next week? We have we have a PD day. Professional development, Professional baby. Development. And yeah. real, send us if we have it. Are we still rolling? We, we are rolling? if you want to be. Yeah, sure. <laughs> let's, let's get, get the listeners involved. If you have any feedback for us, shoot us a text. Shoot us a, a DM on Twitter, however you want. I am open to criticism or if you have anything that you like that I do, I doubt it. Or anything that we do. I know Wally is, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm scared. An, an attraction to the show. He's a beast. He's got the radio voice. So, uh, you know, give Wally some compliments because he definitely deserves them. And that man puts in a lot of work for this show. So, Wally, you're the man. You guys are too nice. But, yeah, next week we're definitely we're going to have basically a state of the union. But between the three of us for Pigskins and Nylon, figure out how we can make season two better how we can grow and a lot of that's going to be on your guys' backs that are listening so like he said feedback criticism anything you guys have for us we desperately appreciate it and welcome all of it we'll see you guys back here in a couple weeks <laughs>